Amen. It's an honor to be with everybody this morning. Um, it's not very often, especially since I entered the realms of pastoring, I get to be with other churches, specifically on our district, and especially on a Sunday morning. Um, as Pastor Scotty referenced, I've been able to work with he and his, his wonderful wife many times at youth camp. Oh, no, I'm good, brother. I'm sorry. I'm good. Amen. Numerous times at youth camp, not, not a harder working group right there than those two. We, we love them. And, uh, and a word preacher, a word preacher we enjoy here in his ministry. Uh, first met them when they were youth pastor at the Clyde Church of God. So it's such an honor to be with him. And thank you, Pastor, for the invitation. Um, we, we've had the opportunity to, to honor our veterans. We've had the opportunity to honor your pastor and his family. Uh, but can we just take a moment? I know we've sung and we've done all of these different things, but can we just take a moment without any lyrics, without any song, to just worship God? I know that this is a, a seasons of thanksgiving, a month that we focus on being thankful, but just for a moment before we ever go to his word. Father, we just thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you, God. I'm thankful for musicians and instruments and songs and lyrics. But Lord, I'm also thankful for that authentic praise that comes from somewhere down deep, Lord. Somewhere that comes, God, from a place where you have been faithful time and time again, Lord, a praise, God, that just honors you for who you are. Not exactly for everything that you've done, though you're worthy for that as well, God, but just the character of who you are, the creator, the father, the master, the one that we can turn to in this moment. And so, God, we just honor you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, if you turn me to the book of Psalms, chapter 65, um, as you're finding that and sticking your thumb in Psalms chapter 65, we'll also go to Isaiah chapter 44. Psalms 65 and Isaiah 44. Um, if you are accustomed to do so, uh, if you would, if you'd stand for the reading of God's word, I believe it'll be on the uh, screen for New King James. I'll be reading out of King James. But this is what it says in Psalm 65, beginning with verse, uh, verse number 9. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enriches it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou prepares them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thus makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. And then Isaiah chapter 44, we're going to begin at verse 3 and read a couple verses there. For I will pour water out upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry grounds. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. And today, if the Lord will allow us, our thought is overflow. Overflow. Father, I thank you again for this time to call upon your holy name. Lord, I never take it for granted the opportunity to stand behind the sacred desk, Lord, and preach your word. I thank you for Pastor Scotty, and, and with humility, Lord, I, I receive the honor to stand behind this desk that he graced every week. But, Father, Lord, in a few moments, God, I'm beginning to cast the seed that you've placed in my hand. Our Father, I pray that it will land on good ground, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would allow me to be patient and not get ahead of you. You allow me to be bold enough to speak what needs to be spoken. But most of all, Lord, I pray for the gift of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, for it's what makes the difference. Father, we love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Several weeks ago, um, we had the opportunity to be at our PD camp meeting there at the campground in, in Marion. 
Um, always a, a wonderful experience to be together with our colleagues and our friends and family. Uh, I'm sure many of you at some time or other have had the opportunity to attend one. If not, I encourage you to do so one day. Uh, but one night, Bishop Oldfield was speaking. Um, I'd never been, uh, in a, to my recollection, in a service where I can remember uh, much of his ministry. Um, but as I sat there and listened to this dynamic man of God deliver the word, I, the Lord was just dealing with me. Um, uh, if you've ever been familiar with Brother Oldfield, he, he is a word preacher, uh, one that can just quote scripture off the top of his head and is very gifted in that manner. And we were in service that night and he began to talk about the Nile River. And he talked about some aspects of that river that I'd never even known or, or even cared to learn about. Uh, and as I was sitting there, I couldn't get off of that thought. And it was just in a, in a, in a moment of dissertation as he was preaching. He just kind of glanced over it. And he, it wasn't even part of the main breadth of his message. But I couldn't shake that thought about the river. And as I began to pray and seek God's face of uh, what he was trying to do, God asked me this question. I said, Pastor, are you and your church a lake, a river, or a pond? A lake, a river, or a pond? And, you know, I got that question. I was like, well, Lord, what, what does that even mean? I, I have no clue. And so I began to pray, began to do some studying um, and, and seeking after God and what he would draw out of this question. And the first place I began to look at is ponds. Um, he asked me, was our church a pond? Now, at first glance, ponds are, are, are neat things. Any of us ever grown up here in the country, we enjoy going to fish. Amen. You like going to find your little watering hole somewhere. Uh, throw it out if you're a bass fisherman or, 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 or brim fisherman or whatever it is that, that you enjoy doing. I can remember growing up, we had a pond across the road from our house, our neighbor's own, they would allow us to go to. Me and my dad numerous times would go out there and, and fish. I, I enjoyed catching brim because I could watch the cork drop, but my favorite was to catch the bass because they fought harder, you know what I mean? And uh, at, ponds are, are, are a body of water that, that at first glance seemed very insignificant. But when you realize uh, a pond, it was originally most uh, historians believe that ponds either came from glaciers melting or they used to be a part of a bo bigger body of water but have been cut off, um, be it by natural obstruction, animals, man, or things of that nature. And so now what you see is a body of water that is just sitting. There's nothing flowing in and there's nothing flowing out. Uh, when you begin to look a little bit deeper at the characteristics of a pond, you'll find out that uh, at first glance, there was life all on the top of the water, uh, lily pads, things of that nature, aquatic plants and aquatic animals. You will see all around the edges of a pond, and obviously there's fish in the water and things of that nature. But when you begin to get a little closer to the core of the pond, the, the floor of the pond, uh, the base of what is the, makes up the pond, you'll find out that there is not much life. In fact, the floor of a pond is mainly made out of plant decay and dead, and dead fish and dead animals and things of that nature. There is not much life at the heart of a pond. And so as I begin to pray about these characteristics that I find out as I research this body of water, I found out that God was showing me that, that my church doesn't want to be a pond. I don't want to be a pond. Because see, a pond has life on the outside, but it's dead on the inside. I never want to be found to be a place that I look like I have it all together, that I look like I carry myself the way I need to carry myself. I, I look like I'm saved. I, I bear the cross uh, and, and so many other ways. But at my heart, I'm just as dead as I can be. I, and I don't want our churches to be that way. I, I don't ever want to have a sign on the outside the door that says we're welcome here or, uh, or anything like that. Come and worship here where, where you can. If this is supposed to be a source of life. God forbid we look good on the outside but be dead on the inside. 
And so the question becomes, well, how do you get to that place? How can you ha- have the, uh, the appearance of godliness but deny the power thereof? How, how can you get to that place in a moment? You'll find out they were cut off from the source. Uh, they were cut off from anything. There is a, st- a stagnant body of water that no longer exists. And, and if it truly came from a glacier or truly came from something that was bigger, what you will find out, it was not always dead. There was always once life. There was a place where it was a thriving church or a thriving person. Have you ever seen somebody just be on the top of the world and just watch them gradually lose their way? Watch them take a, 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 a just a destructive fall from grace as we watch them unfold and unravel. It is a painful thing to see, but the reality is we all understand that it used to be something. They used to be someone that was connected. The church used to be a place where people would come and find life and and life more abundantly. The church used to be a place where they would come to these altars and encounter God and and sit on the pews and and, and receive from the word and and sit in the atmosphere of worship and experience his presence. But now it's just a, a, a shell of what it was. God forbid that our churches become ponds. Uh, Lord, don't ever let me get to a place that I have an appearance, but I don't have the, uh, the ability. Lord, don't let me be a place where, where I have the form, but, but I lack what I need to be able to fulfill what you have me to do. God, I don't want to look good. I want to be good. I want to be what you would have me to be. God, don't let us become a pond. But then we move beyond the pond and we go to the lake. Now, I think everybody enjoys the lake. Uh, if you've ever had an opportunity um, to go, I'm telling you, it's fun. Lakes are usually larger bodies of water. Lakes usually have a lot of people at them. There's a lot more fish in the lake. You can catch all kinds of good stuff. I like going catfishing. I like doing those things. There were so many different things. If you go to Hartsville Lake, there ain't no telling what you might catch because the nuclear pants in the water. You see what I'm saying? Amen. Uh, I enjoy those opportunities. Um, I can remember growing up as a young boy, my, uh, my uncle had a pontoon. And we'd go out as a family a lot to, to different places and, and, and have times together. Um, but then my daddy decided, you know what, my, I'm not going to let my brother outdo me. I'm going to get be a boat. You see what I'm saying? And so uh, what we enjoyed doing was tubing. I don't know if you've ever been tubing, but we enjoyed tubing. Now, they had knee boarders and skiers and all that. But when you're a big boy like myself, you just get in the tubing road and float, okay? And so I got in the tube, and, and we would pull on the back of that pontoon. They'd swing us all across that lake. We'd have a good old time. Well, my daddy got him a little boat. Motor was a little bit stronger than a pontoon. Anybody that knows much about boats, pontoons are mainly uh, a, more of a recreational boat, more for fishing and relaxing. It has enough power to get the job done and have fun, but it's, it's not going to blow down the lake. You know what I'm saying? But my daddy got one with a little bit more power. And he looked amongst all of us, my cousins included, and said, you know, we, we need to find one of y'all to test this thing out. I haven't pulled nobody behind it yet, so I need to see how, hard I can pu- how fast I can push it, how hard I can push it, or if I need to pull back on it. So me and my gullible said, oh, daddy, I'll do it. Let me jump in that thing, you know. So I proceeded to jump in the tube. He begins to go, and you, you kind of see the, the wake of the water come behind the boat. And uh, It was always fun when you were riding. You're holding on to the handles. They would pull you across, and when you would get to the wake, you would kind of skip it a little bit and go to the other side. And just a good old time. Anybody ever been tubing? Amen. Oh, I got some check you out. Praise God. Amen. Uh, you might have been kneeboarding too. Look at you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, and so as I'm getting pulled across the lake, uh, he throttles at one good time, and I come across the wake. I came across so fast that I began to be elevated and into the air. The tube turned like this. And so I had to make a decision. Ride it out or let go. I decided to let go. 
They have pictures of me mid-flip as I skip like a rock across the lake. And then finally sunk. Uh, lakes are absolutely fun. I enjoy going. I enjoy spending time. Most of them have swimming areas. Uh, you get on a sandbar somewhere and just jump in the water. It's cool. I mean, unless you're, again, if you're in Hartford, then it's 100 degrees. Praise the Lord. But I like lakes. And everyone else tends to like lakes, too. But when you begin to take a closer look at a lake and see how it's fed, oftentimes it is fed by a source of water, but then it's dammed up. And what you will see is that they love for a lake will have something that comes into it, but nothing that ever goes out. And usually that, that flow, if there is anything that goes out, is controlled. It's controlled by a dam. It's controlled by people. It's controlled by uh, the animal. It's controlled in some sort of way. The way it begins to be a lake is it's fed, but then it stops. And, and, and though lakes look good, and though lakes have a lot of people, and those lakes are, are fun, and, and, and they look like something I want to be a part of, there's an issue. God forbid I ever become a church that everything is poured in, but nothing is ever poured out. God forbid I'm ever a person, ever a pl- at a place where, where God pours out his spirit, pours out his provision, pours out his instruction, pours out his vision. I receive and receive and receive and receive and receive, and I never put anything out for his glory. I never witness to anyone. I never give to the needy. I never love on the broken. I never go to the hospital. I never visit those that are lonely. I never do the mission of Christ. God forbid I'd be so greedy that I receive all of these days, enjoy the, the experience of church, but never do the mission of the kingdom work. Because if I look at Jesus and I look at his instruction, and though he met the needs of many, thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, borderline millions of people, John says that every miracle is recorded, all the books in the world will not contain it. If we understand that, but yet Jesus' instruction, his disciples was this, go. We are meant to be doing. We are meant to be a people that are moving. We are meant to be fluid. But a lake stops. And, and this is the reality that places will go, people will go to the lake because it's fun. Well, man, we have church. They have good music. We have good preaching. We have a good experience. It's wonderful. But what do we do with it? We cannot allow the church to become a social club. We cannot allow the church to become a, a gathering place. But rather, this should be a training ground like the Brother Leader Music did this morning. This should be a training ground that as we are instructed and poured into, that we didn't take that and put it into action outside of these four walls. Because the reality is there's a community that is seeking what you have. God, don't let us just be a lake. Don't let us just be satisfied. And this is a little scary for me because even if there is a little bit that goes out, man wants to control it. There's a dam. God forbid that I be in a place that God wants to do something, but I have to be the one that decides how it goes and how it happens. Because that's not my qualification. That God says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered the heart of the man things that I have prepared for you and for those that love the Lord. When you begin to understand that, I can't even comprehend what he has for me, so why do I feel qualified to control what he wants to do? That is not my assignment. My assignment is to be like clay in the potter's hand as he's at the wheel molded and shaped and deformed in the fashion that he would have me to be. But sometimes if we're not careful, we will find ourselves in places, us as individuals or churches in a place to where if we're not careful that God wants to do something, God's trying to pour out, but we're trying to control what it looks like. God, send them how they'll come. Lord, use us how you will use us. Lord, if you want us to sing off the wall or if you want us to sing out of the book, 
Lord, if you want us to preach on a stool or if you want us to shout, holler, and spit, God, whatever it is that you desire to do, Lord, don't let it be about my style. Don't let it be about what I want. Don't let this be pastor's church. Don't let this be Jefferson's church. Don't let this be any of that, but God, let this be God's church. Let this be your house, Lord. Let us resemble, Father, what you would have us to resemble. Let us project, God, what you would have us to project. When people look at us, God, let them see you. God, don't let me just be a lake, but Lord, let me be what you would have me to be. God forbid we become a place that everything pours in and nothing goes out. But then there were rivers. Now, rivers are a little bit different. I enjoy the river myself too. Probably a little bit better fishing experience. But rivers are moving. Rivers are a moving body of water. And if you look it up, most of the time, most rivers feed into something, a larger body of water. Mainly, a, a lot of them feed into the ocean. A bigger picture. They're more than, than just a, 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 the, themselves. There is a, a purpose to their flow. that They feed in to something. And, and rivers are just like most bodies of water. It's teeming with life. There's animals. There's, there's plants. There's, there's people. There's so many different things. Rivers are important. Uh, but this is the reality. And we have to be careful here. But rivers can also feed into nothing. There were some rivers that actually just feed into the ground. Uh, they, they just feed directly into the ground. And it's kind of a continual cycle. That, that, that they, they flow and they move and they go, but they, they go nowhere. And this is what we have to be careful. We can't become a church that just moves just to move. We can't become a church that just does just to do. Don't, don't shout about something and you don't even know what you're shouting about. Don't preach about something and you don't even know what you're preaching about. Don't sing about something and you don't even know what you're singing about. There should be purpose to what you're doing. There should be intentions behind what you do. There should be, there should be a, a, a mission, a mandate, something that what you do. And, and God forbid I, that we be a church or we be a people that, hey, man, we shout and we have a good time. And you ask, well, what are you shouting about? I don't know. It just felt good. We should know who we're serving. Amen. We should know who the master is. We should be in relationship with him because the only way you can identify your purpose is to identify his person. The only way you can know what he has for you is to know how he made you. He's the one that crafted you. He's the one that made you. Pastor Sellers can't call you. Uh, Pastor Joseph can't call you. The, the, the overseer can't call you. But God most certainly can call you, equip you, and use you. But the only way you can identify that is if he is the one that is in control. And then when you begin to look at rivers, you, you have to find out what is the source of water. And we find this out in John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39. And this is what the word of the Lord says. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive from the Holy Ghost, was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. What is the source of water? What is the source of the river? The source of it all is the Spirit of God. The source of it all is the spirit of God. The church is not the source. Man is not the source. The pastorate is not the source. Sunday school teachers are not the source. The world is not the source. 
God is the source in the form of his spirit. It's the agent that's inside of us that is moving, that is churning, that is going, that makes us have the ability to fulfill what he's called us to do. And when we are realizing that he is the source, then we flow back into the things that he has designed. And what is that something bigger than us? I'm going to tell you, I thank God for the Jefferson Church. I thank God for the Society Hill Church. I thank God for all the churches on our district and in our denomination. But I'm here to tell you there's something bigger than the church of God. There's something bigger than the local body and that is called the kingdom of God. And it's made up of every nation and every tongue and every body of believers that are full gospel and full body believe and teach the word of Jesus Christ that love the Lord with all their heart. That, that This thing is bigger than just us and we're a part of it that flows into something bigger. I heard of a story one time. The reason rivers are so important is because rivers are usually a source of life to a city. Think back to the industrial age. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I had to get my facts straight. I heard this from a great man of God one time. Back in the early 1800s, as the industrial revolution rather has taken off, it's growing, it's rapidly growing. Waters were a source of life. River was a source of life because hydrodynamics and things of that nature, it would run uh, engines and things of that nature of, of the in, in industry that was taking place. There was a city in Mississippi called Rodney, Mississippi. It was one of the fastest growing industrial cities in this movement. People were coming from all over, moving their families, building it up. It, it was wonderful. When they took a vote for, for the, the capital of Mississippi, it missed it by three votes three votes it was going to be the capital of the state of Mississippi and as we begin to see all of the things that happen something dramatically happened nobody understands why but the Mississippi River shifted its course and began to turn all of a sudden it turned and turned and turned until all of a sudden it, it bypassed the city completely and all of a sudden within years a city that was almost the capital of a state is now today a, homo- a historical landmark on the highway there's no businesses. There's no families. There's no, there's, no, there's no restaurants. Literally, as you walk right down the highway, there's a historical marker. Here lies Rodney, Mississippi. I want you to think about that for a moment. If we of the church are called to be rivers, if we're called to be the source of a life for a city, then we can't afford to miss the flow. We cannot afford to miss the Spirit of God. We cannot afford to miss because this is what I'm finding out even in my few short years on this earth is if we don't want it, God will give it to someone else. God will send it down the road. He will send it to another church. He will send it to another family. If we don't want to be obedient, if we don't want to get in line with what he's trying to do, God will shift it. He'll move it because his purpose will always be accomplished. The only thing that will be different is who he allows it to take place, either you or I or whoever else down the road. And this is the scary aspect of it. A city died because the river moved. I cannot afford to see my city die. I cannot afford to see my community die 
We have to be connected to the source. We have to be connected to the Father. It may not always be like what we want. It may not always fit our style. It may not always fit what we're trying to do. But we have to get behind what God is wanting to do. Uh, We have to get behind what he's attempting and trying and shifting and moving. And and I understand this. I kind of like Paul, me me and Pastor Scotty, we kind of have to say it like this. Be a follower of me as I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not saying I have all the answers. And and I may still mess it up. But you are trusting in me to be this, a follower of Christ. And if I'm missing up, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, God will take care of me and you will be rewarded because of your faithfulness. But the reality is God has order in things. And we are supposed to follow after him first and foremost. And if you have somebody placed in a position of leadership who is being faithful to the assignment on their life, then the order of God says that you are to follow them. That's the way this thing works. And God blesses that order. And you will see that oil always flows from the head down. So if you want to see the blessing of God, we have to be in the order of God. Then there was one fact that Brother Oldfield brought out. It kind of just culminated what God would have me to share for you in this moment. He was talking about different things. He mentioned the Nile River. The Nile River is the only thing that separates Egypt from being a desert. I want you to think about that for a moment. There's a river that flows from Emmanuel veins. You know what's the one thing that keeps me from being a desert? It's the blood of Jesus. If it were not from him, I don't know where I would be, Pastor. If it were not for him, I don't know where I would be. But this river that flows through Western Africa had not been for that river. This place would be a desert. And one time a year from the months of about September to about November, end of October, it has a flooding season for about 100 days exactly on either side. The river will begin to flood. And as it'll flood, it'll overflow its banks into different areas of the communities and cities there in West Africa. But people in historical days begin to learn something. They could control the overflow. So what they would do, they would be strategic in the damming of the river that when it began to flood, all of a sudden water would begin to flow into dead places. Places that didn't receive rain would all of a sudden be able to have crops. Places that, that, that used to not be inhabitable all of a sudden were places that you can build homes and stuff around because now you can create a sustainable living situation. That they begin to, to control the overflow. Things that were dead were now beginning to live. Things that once were inoperable were now beginning to operate. Things that used to not produce fruit are now growing up whole fields. Things that were dead are now living. And as I was praying, as God gave me this word, and I, and I want to release this over this house, if God allow me. Brother, if you have any music or anything. This is what I begin to pray. A pond is cut off. It has no source of water. A lake, his only source is his river. A river, the only source is some bigger body, and it flows into that. But do you know what will fill up all three? Rain. Rain. Rain will fill up all three. You don't have to do something manufactured. You don't, you don't have to, to be something special. You, you, you don't have to prepare for it or anything of that nature. If rain comes, they'll overflow their banks. 
We, we just had some flooding. I mean, through the hurricane, creeks were overflowing. Ponds were overflowing. Rivers and lakes were overflowing. And as I was praying about this word, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to show me in this? What are you trying to say about a church being a pond or a lake or a river? And this is what I heard God saying, that dead places are about to live that there was a rain coming a time and a season and now he is kind of like he says it this way for I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy that this type of outpouring that comes from the rain that all of a sudden ponds are going to become lakes lakes are going to become rivers and they're all going to begin to flow into that thing which is bigger dead churches are about to live dead families are about to live dead children dead in sin are about to live dead finances are about to live and the only way the only way it's going to come it's not going to come from a politician it's not going to come from a preacher it's not going to come from an organizational structure it's going to come from the throne room of God from the windows of heaven that will open up and pour out a blessing and so I'm telling you today church if you want to see revival break loose in your life if you want to see revival break loose in your family if you want to see revival break loose in your community it's time for us to open up and say God I receive your reign I receive your reign I receive your reign Holy Spirit you're standing all over the house this is our prayer this morning Father Pour out your rain. Father, pour out your rain. And it's the reality. He may be ready to pour it out, but is your vessel closed or open? Is your vessel closed or open? Well, Pastor, I, I've been saved for 50 years. Pa- Pastor, I, I've been speaking until I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I, I, I get all of that. But you know what? It all takes sometimes a, a refreshing. Sometimes we all need a refreshing and a refocus from the pastor on that. Sometimes we need a little encouragement. Sometimes I need to know, Lord, I'm right here. Lord, Lord, I'm right here. I know I haven't heard from you in a while. God, I know I haven't experienced you in a while, but I'm here to tell you, God is ready to refresh some things. God's ready to pour out some things. God's ready to breathe out some life on some dead places. Things that don't even make sense. Some dead businesses. I I don't know what's God doing. I, I dead fire. Some dead places. God is wanting to bring life to the difference is this do you believe do you believe faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord you've heard the word of the Lord you've heard it but now when you listen listen requires application and you apply this in this morning this is my prayer this morning pastor this is alright if you're in this place and you say pastor I received the outpouring over my feet I received the outpouring over my church. I received the outpouring over my family. I received the outpouring over over my my, my relationships and and my children and and my ministry. If that's you, I want you to come find a place in this altar to stand. If that is you, if there's anyone in this place, Pastor, I receive it. I receive the word of the Lord. I receive the overflow. I receive it. I receive it. Brother, if you'll lift your hands right now, sister, you begin to lift your hands. 
You don't have to wait on anybody to lay hands on you. You don't have to wait on anybody to touch you. I thank God for the order of scripture that says call forth the elders and anoint and lay on of hands. But I'm also thankful that I can call upon the name of the Lord and he can meet me right where I am. That he can pour out me right where I am. Father, right 